Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Nerds Watching Wrestling Podcast, where we talk about everything wrestling for life. I am your host, the Southern Wrestling Scholar. I am ZJ Pierce, and it is my honor and privilege to be coming to you guys with a good friend of mine that I call Monday Night Mar. This is Mr. Marquise. Marquise, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. How about yourself? I can't complain. You know, we here to talk about some good old little wrestling. Like 2023 is done, 2024 is here. And with wrestling starting on a Monday, we already got some shit to talk about. You watched anything this week, man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I seen um, Monday Night Raw, a little bit of SmackDown, clips from Wrestle Kingdom. Like, saw a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom, saw some of the updates, debuts, returns, saw what Dynamite had to offer. So, we're going to go ahead and get into some of these. Some of these free agencies, some of these people that are looking for places to go, because like you said, you've seen clips of Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom obviously starting off the first of the um, first of the month, and already huge debut in Wrestle Kingdom. If you haven't seen it, Nick Nimeth, the former Dolph Ziggler in WWE, was on hand for the tag team match. He was um, spotted in the crowd with his brother Ryan, AEW superstar. And basically made their intentions known to go for the tag team titles, as well as Nick Nemeth making it known that he wants to fight David Finley for the global championship. Yeah. Did you think he was going to go instantly to New Japan? Nah, not really. Honestly, I thought he was going to go to um, freaking Impact. I could see him in Impact. He could definitely be a big name player, but the caliber of athlete. That Nick Nemeth is, especially with all the time we've seen him the last 20 years in WWE. I don't think he would have been a really big fish in a little pond too quick. Not not saying TNA is still a little pond. Yeah. But you got to take into account the caliber of talent that you're working with. That, that. And, you know, Impact Wrestling actually does have a pretty good, you know, roster over there. Like, they're, they're a great place to go if you want to rehab your career or start your career. Like, no doubt about it. But I don't want I don't want to see everybody just going to TNA to rehab their career. Because, you know, remember, that used to be the running joke with TNA. Like, oh, yeah. like TNA wrestling. We're WWE, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> WWE retirement home. Like, because that's where everybody went. Like now that Impact is getting its own identity, it's good they're not not going to be WWE too. But I'm excited for Nick Nemeth in New Japan. He looks sharp. Oh yeah, yeah, like, very sharp. And like, I'm glad he's teaming up with your brother too. I've been waiting for it. Like true, hopefully this puts the Hollywood hunk on TV that. a little more. Also, we have in debuting in Japan, we had the All Japan New Beginning show. Where we met the daughter of the great Muda, the great Sakuya. She um, participated in this tag team match. And she was actually a really unbelievable. I don't know if you, if you haven't taken time to see the match, please go out your way. If you want to check out Pro Wrestling Noah, they are doing good things. Like, if you want to know who your newest Japanese wrestler going to be, let's go to New Japan. You'll want to check them out first. Yep. But it's, it's a great time for Japanese wrestling right now. Okay, it's coming back up. You know, it kind of felt like over the de- decade, it was kind of a little, kind of starting to be a little flat with the departures of Kenny Omega and, you know, Will Ospreay's on his way out. Yeah, like basically gutting all your top factions and making it work with who you got. Yeah. But who they, who they got is making it work. Like, New Japan, of course, they have their New Japan Strong show coming up. 
in San Jose, January 13th. Battle of the Valley 2024. Ada Kingston is going to be there defending his Continental Crown. Strangely enough, not the New Japan Strong title. That's crazy. Like, he's going to defend his newly won AEW Continental Crown. I found that out via the official New Japan Pro Wrestling match card. Like, it is up. If you want to check out NewJapanProWrestling.com, see what you're going to look forward to at Battle of the Valley. Like, Julia having a women's title match is going to be on there. John Moxley and I want to say it was Shingo. All right, so if it's John Moxley and Shingo, that's going to be actually a good match. Right, because it's definitely a rematch that was set up at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to New Japan for always being the first ones to put on these tremendous shows at the beginning of the year. They really set the tone for the for the wrestling year. Oh, yeah. So I'm so proud of them. All right, boom. Like that. Oh, wow, that's a five-star match already. Like, just pulled up the Battle at the Valley card. Of course, we're going to have Kazuchika Okada going one-on-one with Will Ospreay, where they will be competing in their 10th televised New Japan match. There's, um, Okada is leading Osprey 7-2. to two. So that's got to be. Yeah, she goes to Okada. 7-2? to 7-2. Like, like, shout out to New Japan. They put up their um, stats next to their matches. Yes, um, the singles record for Kazuchika Okada and Will Osprey is 7-2 to two Okada. That's a deficit right there. That is a deficit, but if anybody can get it done, it's Will Ospreay. Remember, he beat Okada, Jericho, and Kenny Omega all in the span of six months. Oh, yeah. Like last year went on went on a five star match tear. And it's gonna be a great addition to AEW when that contract runs out. But yes, Shingo Takagi will be going one on one with John Moxley. Eddie Kingston putting up the Continental Crown against Gabriel Kidd. Matt Riddle, someone else who's on resurface, is now making appearances in New Japan and MLW. That was a surprise right there. That was a huge surprise, but MLW knew that like MLW did when they came back, they started around certain people. Yeah, and the people that I most that I most recognize from MLW are Matt Riddle, Swerve Strickland, Jacob Fatu, and MJF. Oh yeah. So for MLW being willing to take that risk on Matt Riddle again, and show that we can work with him outside of what's been happening. And for him to go to New Japan and immediately be thrust into a spotlight, because his match in New Japan, his tag team partner is going to be... I'm pretty sure it's going to be Tanahashi. Maybe. Right, because right now they just got his ex, so we don't have one lined up for him. Yeah. But he's facing the mighty Don't Neal, Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito. Bad Dude Tito. As well as having a one-on-one match with Jacob Fatu at some point down the line. Uh-huh. Also, your girl, the New Japan Strong Women's Champion, Julia Gulia. We're gonna like hopefully whoever hears this will give us a real pronunciation of her name. Appreciate Julia. Is going to defend her title against Trisha Dora. Hmm, interesting. Like, yeah, Trisha Dora worked her way up to battle at the Valley. Hmm, didn't I know that? I'm gonna start watching New Japan Strong more. Like, I really might have to because this is an amazing opportunity for. I've been watching Trisha Dora since her Ring of Honor days. And they've really been pushing for her to do something big. So this is a big opportunity for her. Oh, big one, big one. I don't say, uh, also going on at Battle of the Valley, we have Bullet Club War Dogs, Alice Coughlin, and the Clark Connors going against the Gorillas of Destiny, Hikaleo, and El Fatasma for the New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships. So another belt that the Nimitz Brothers could probably be looking forward to. Like Dave Finley versus TJP, Mascara Dorado, the former Grand Metalik. 
in WWE. He'll be teaming with Valdor Jr. to take on Rocky Romero and Sabreno Jr. And, of course, um, Shota Umino, Jacob Fatu, and Fred Roser will be teaming up to take on Team Filthy. All that is happening on January 13th at Battle in the Valley. I cannot wait. But let's get into something that the people might know a little bit more about. Let's talk about the dubs. The WWE. Let's talk about the dubs. Let's talk about it. Biggest return of 2024 so far. They teased it, the return of a former WWE champion, and we got everything we could have possibly hoped for. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Jinder Mahal is back on Monday Night Raw. Maharaja. Yes. The product has surely been lacking its greatest WWE champion. Oh, yeah. We definitely need his arm. Like, yes. Power. Yes. Where do you see Jinder Mahal going from here? Because that promo he cut might not have been the best, but it was time. Like, it was timely. And we, we usually don't give time to people that's just going to go by the wayside. Yeah, that's true. Um, stop got for you with Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. I could see that because who else is Seth going to face at this point? Like, I'm, I and Seth Rollins have beaten everyone, so might as well just go against a former WWE champion. Like, a WWE champion that I've never faced. Yeah. Like, Seth Rollins, I don't believe, has ever had a one-on-one match with Jinder Mahal. He has not. Yeah, when was the last time he had a one-on-one match Jinder Mahal with NST? Lost the Braun Breaker, or was it Carmelo? It was one. I think Braun Breaker. I believe it was I believe it was Brian Breaker for the NXT Championship mm-hmm. was his last singles match. So hopefully Jinder Mahal can come back, get some pretty good strides going. Oh yeah, and um, some dude named The Rock came back. Like I guess like who that? Like yeah, I guess Dwayne Johnson. I guess he was real popular like back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, or whatever, like nineties. You know your Attitude Era. Yeah, like who? who some old guy. Somebody need to get that granddaddy. Like, <laughs> 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 nah, um. All kidding aside, we're finally getting teases of what we've been, not even what we've been asking for, what we've been told we were going to get for the last five years because The Rock has finally mentioned sitting at the head of the table. Yeah, not after, you know, mentioning he was going to sit at the booth, was going to sit at the bar, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, outside with his mama, stuff like that. I was like, come on, Rock, get to the point. So now that we know that he is potentially setting up to face Roman Reigns, do you still feel that it should happen at WrestleMania? Uh, given how big the feud is, yes, it should. I don't think it should happen anywhere outside of WrestleMania. But if it does happen, Roman has to win. And then we have to set up Roman versus Cody at SummerSlam. Okay, so, boom, I'm going to make you mad with this one because right. this is something that I've heard. Like, this has been going around the wrestling rumor mill since since Monday. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns main events both nights of WrestleMania. Actually, I was thinking about that this morning. Like, yeah, someone said that because obviously, obviously, if Cody Rhodes doesn't go to WrestleMania, he needs to leave. Yeah. Like, throw, throw the whole contract away, throw the entire story away. Yeah. But then again, when you, when you think about that, him main event both nights. Seth Rollins, CM Punk, you know, that kind of, okay, CM Punk losing another main event, you know, to like The Rock or whatever. CM Punk doesn't have a guaranteed main event, though. I mean, not yet. True, not yet. But that Seth Rollins, CM Punk feud is, is money. And even still, like, um, 
I'm still firmly believe that your Royal Rumble people should main event. That. So my hope is that Cody does win the men's Rumble and keeps his main event. Yeah. But obviously we know, um, like we were discussing last year, they were debating on if Charlotte and Rhea should main event because Rhea was the Rumble winner and was the hottest thing in the women's division. Yeah, but obviously no, the story no. dictated obviously the story dictated that we put the tag titles on in the main. Yeah, because that was the bigger story at the time. Like so so yeah, um the story that I heard is that we keep Cody in the mania loop, have him possibly win the rumble or the chamber. I say chamber. And we have Roman beat the rock night one. Mm-hmm. And then go back and drop to Cody at night two. Actually, I say Roman should drop night one. To the rock. No, to Cody. So Cody should drop night one, and then we should just mm-hmm. have Rock versus Roman. Mm-hmm. Night two. That does that does free up the main event space mm-hmm. because without that title, Roman doesn't necessarily go to the main event because mm-hmm. obviously your main championship should main your main card. So now I will say one thing, and you might disagree with me on that. I think it should probably open night one. Roman and Rock, Roman and Cody should open night one. Mm-hmm. Should open. Because, you know, before Roman said, you know, he'll either open the show or close, oh, he'll close which is why I, Which is why I said he's going to open Rumble. Mm-hmm. So, him opening, like Brock did in um 19. Yeah. Like, get it done, then leave. Yep. Like, open the match. And then, you know, get Roman, send Roman home. He ain't got to sit down. He can go to sleep until, you know, he faced a rock tonight, too. A lot to think about going. A lot to think about. Like, we got four more months until WrestleMania, so we'll see if if they decide to capitalize on this rock moment because it's all funny games, so this was a one and done. Yeah. All right, sticking with Monday Night Raw, we have some successful title defenses. Women's world champion Rhea Ripley continues to dominate what's left of her women's division by yeah. having a pretty great match against Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile, of course, hasn't been on the main roster too long. Not really too many televised singles matches under her belt. You can go back and check. Mm-mm. But this was a great showing for the Diamond Mind member, um, especially after the Creed brothers came off of their tag title match three weeks ago. Where do you see Ivan Nile going in 2024? Um, I won't say she's going to be a women's champion in 2024, but I think she'll have a pretty good spot on the card. I just think, uh, looking at her showing... Monday, I saw she's she's a bit green still. Just a little bit, but yeah. But we can agree that that match, the match with Rhea and Ivy, was definitely worth the televised spot more than necessarily Rhea and Maxine. Not oh, not to yeah, not yeah, to yeah. dig at Maxine, but they threw a woman with three matches in the ring with the world champion. That didn't really do much for either of them. Mm-mm, but you know, it shows what they think of Ivy. If they're gonna do that on one of their bigger televised shows, like especially like a special like this, like the day one edition overall. This is our first show back. This is the first show of the year. This is our first live show in front of the camera. That shows that shows tremendous faith in what they have in her career for her already a month in the main roster to be women's championship contender ready. Yeah. Also, championship contender ready in the women's division. Nia Jax proved okay. that she is the woman to make the man. Yeah. Like, because she beat Becky Lynch clean. Yeah. As a whistle. I don't think it could have went any other way. Nia had to win that. 
she did. Like this was the boat. This is the first major thing Nia Jax has done since coming back, and it's it's kind of a true a true true storyline. Like yeah. like I punched Becky Lynch, I broke her nose, mm-hmm. and that kick started. But it took the man moving into overdrive because Becky was getting over like, but she hadn't had that stone cold moment. Like I didn't have, like she didn't have the stone cold neck break moment. moment. Yeah, it's yeah. like the passing out in the sharpshooter moment. She didn't have that Mm-mm. until Nia Jax. That. And now that, and now that Nia Jax has beaten Becky Lynch clean, what does that do to Becky going forward? They got to run it back. Uh, do we got to run it immediately back? No, I hope not. I hope not. They should keep them two as far away as possible. If Triple H can book it, then fine. Like my my fear is that they're immediately gonna get a girl a no DQ match like next week. No, and they shouldn't. Like that's something Vince would probably do. You know his little fifty fifty booking. But honestly, I don't think they should run it back until I think this is a mania feud. This is a mania feud. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't want to say that because I kind of had Becky doing something at Mania. I kind of, honestly, I had a pin in for being real. I didn't have her pin in to beat Rhea, but I definitely had that match pinned in. Mm-hmm. I definitely got Becky and Rhea, like, just hanging on the stick whenever they decide to drop it for us. Yeah, because they've been, you know, throwing little crumbs at us, you know, teasing. But, yeah, like, because when that match actually happens, that's going to be, that match is really going to test Rhea Ripley's championship reign. Yeah. Because other than that, like, no disrespect to the women's division, but beating Zelina Vega and Zia Lee and Ivy Nile and Natalia, okay. it's not really a – and Zoe Stark is not really a credible defense. Mm-hmm. Especially when it took you five months to finally get those matches. That, But, you know, you look at it when you state those names – in comparison to SmackDown, the Raw roster is really lacking. Because all you do is... And, and that's the thing. They're only lacking in star power. Yeah. Like, because the SmackDown roster is lacking in numbers. Yeah. Because they're, they're probably... Dam- Outside of damage control, there's probably like four other women, four or five other women on the roster. That, and it's like, you know, it's so top-heavy. Because outside of damage control, you got, you know, Bianca and Charlotte and... I guess you can slide in Shotzi. Like, yeah, we, 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 gotta slide, we gotta slide Shotzi in now. So, like, yeah, you got Bianca, Charlotte, Shotzi. Charlotte's gone until. Not much. Not, like, for nine months. So, she's gone until October at the earliest. Nope. And then you got Zelina Vega and Scarlett, who are honestly managers. We saw before the new year um, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn finally creeping back on the TV. Yeah. Hopefully that goes somewhere. They really need to put them on TV. Like SmackDown desperately needs that. They need them. They need that, and they need to put more tag teams on SmackDown so we can actually um, do the women's tag titles the way that they were supposed to do them. Because if they're actually going to be the tag titles for all three brands, because remember, we unified the NXT tag team titles with them now. Yeah, unfortunately. So if they're really going to be the champions of three brands, we actually need those champions that are going to go to three brands. Hopefully with um, Caden Carter and Katana Chance as champions now as they won on the Raw before 2024, the Raw before Christmas. Hopefully now we'll get that again, like how we had with Boston Hood Connection when they would go everywhere. Yeah. I'm going to put my faith in the Ninja Girls to do that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. 
And now we're going to go ahead and keep this party train rolling, stick in the women's division. But we're going to move on to Tuesday night because it was also New Year's Evil. For those of you who watch NXT like me, like I do enjoy my Tuesday night wrestling of my independent people. And like I said, we're going to start in the women's division because that's where they started. Lyra Valkyria defended the NXT Women's Championship against the Iron Survivor, Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport, um, for the people who aren't too familiar with NXT, was a big signing when she signed for the UK, for the former B Priestley of AEW and Will Ospreay fame. Uh, um, former wife. My former wife, yeah, I forgot. Um, I think she's dating somebody else now. But um, yes, um, Blair Davenport was given a women's title match after winning the Iron Survivor Challenge this past December at Deadline. Her and Lyra Valkyria went on to have about a 12-minute opening Contest for NXT New Year's eight, Evil. Eight minutes, 26 seconds. Like, like, nothing too flashy. Like, like perfectly fine standard match. Like, gets Lyra back out there and hopefully sets the stage for Blair to come out in future opportunities. Um, Lyra Valkyria's rise to the top has not been the smoothest one. Like, I was talking with a friend. And he didn't agree with me, but I want to see where you stand. I believe Lyra should not have won the championship yet. Tomorrow, uh, from Becky. Um, yes, I, I honestly believe the entire women's championship was booked backwards. Honestly, I kind of think Becky should have held on to it a bit more longer. Definitely should have held it a bit longer. I say that if Becky Lynch was ever going to win it, Becky Lynch should have been Lyra for it. That would have been nice, too. Like, I say that to say I don't think Tiffany Stratton should have been champion this year. I don't think Tiffany Stratton should have had a championship reign in 2023. I mean, given how she – wait, how did she win it again? Um, she she won it from – she beat Lyra Valkyria to take it from, oh, yeah. to take it from vacant – because Indy Hartwell had to give up the championship. All right, so we're going to go back to that. We're going we gonna to dial it back, put a pin in it. All right, so the whole Roxanne Perez thing, I think they took it off because they thought she was injured or something like that. Yes, Mako, uh, she was, quote-unquote, injured in her match against Mako Sadamore. Yeah. So with that, honestly, I don't think Roxanne should have dropped the belt. They, they shouldn't have took it from her. Like, absolutely not. That, and, then, and then Indy... Wins it at the takeover, which is fine. It's a feel-good moment. But then she gets drafted, like, the next night. Drafted and injured. Yeah, drafted and injured and had to relinquish it. And then it just be in limbo. And I just really think they shouldn't have just, you know, took it off her like that. Okay, you know, let's say if there was a real-life concern, you know, okay, take it out to you for a little bit. Make sure she's okay. Don't just, you know, okay, we're just going to strip her the title and just put on somebody we're going to draft the next night. Like, right, because then she came right back because Roxanne was still in that ladder match for that title. Yeah. Like, so so she wasn't even defending the championship. She was just trying to get it back. Yeah, they shouldn't even took it from her then. You know, just still the champion. Right, like, I think that we should have, even if they were going to draft Indy, I would have had Indy, like, at least lose somebody who came close to winning the title, and then I would have had Becky Lynch beat that person mm-hmm. and then start this feud with Tiffany Stratton, which would lead to Tiffany getting the title. Because now that Tiffany Stratton got the title, she had the title, she's lost the title, she's lost a feud with Becky, she lost the deadline. 
now she's a ranch hand. Like we were gonna we were gonna get into that a little later. Like, cause like apparently apparently the women's division all circulates, but like we'll we'll get into that later. But like we're like we'll get into how that happened. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah um, surprised me honestly, but kind of think it needed to happen. Like, but, so yeah, the women's title situation hasn't been the same since we've released Mandy Rose. We'll just keep it a stack. Like they started losing direction with the championship after we fired Mandy because we had to do it so suddenly. Yeah, like they were already they were already planning on putting it on Roxanne. You know, except they just kind of. Had to, you know, they had to rush it. Yeah. They had to rush it because, like, they didn't agree with Mrs. Rose fan times content. Mm-hmm. So you know, we just had to let her go by the wayside. It sucks, but yeah. All right, we um mentioned that Tiffany Stratton is now a ranch hand. Like, yes, the center of the universe had lost a match this past Tuesday to Fallon Henley, where the loser would become. The servant, but obviously Fallon Henley is a working woman. She don't need servants. She need ranch hands. And Tiffany Stratton lost after she got distracted by a chair that the referee wouldn't let her use. Um, Fallon Henley capitalized with the hoedown Shining Wizard. And now the center of the universe and former NXT women's women's champion is a ranch hand. Oh, ranch hand. Oh, I can't wait to see this Tuesday. I cannot. Like, these barn skits are about to be so terrible. I swear. And is this going to, like, resort in a face turn for Tiffany Stratton? Is that what they're trying to do here? Mm, I think they said it was only for, like, one day or something like that. A day? Yeah, if I'm correct. Standard slave matches. I don't, I don't know why I call them slave matches, but standard servant matches usually last a month. They're, we're only getting a day out of this? Yeah. But, hey, who knows? Maybe it is, um, you know, leading to a face turn. I mean, I think she'd be a pretty good, decent baby face. Maybe. A decent baby face who now understands the value of work. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I like, you know, something similar to how MJF was. Still a scumbag, but, you know, lovable. I think Tiffany Strand can be that. So we'll have to see what breaks her to get in. Like, cause in order to be lovable, like, MJF still had to admit that he's down with the people. That, but you so, know. so we got to see what's going to break family Henley to make her think, well, maybe people aren't that. Poor, but you know MJF always been lovable though. He has like he has a certain charisma. Like I guess it's like when certain bad guys smile, you kind of feel for him. Yeah, because like I hate the Miz, but like I love to watch the Miz smile and give a grip promo. Like oh yeah, little cheeky. So like yeah, you do a lot of stuff like that. Something that's not so cheeky and something that we are dragging out for no reason. Obviously, New Year's Evil was supposed to be main evented by a. NXT World Heavyweight Championship <laughs> match oh. between Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams. Oh, Unfortunately, we um shot an angle three weeks ago where Ilya Dragunov's neck was damaged in a match against Ridge Holland. Again, bad angle. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so Shawn Michaels and Ava, like surprisingly, Ava of Schism. Who's just been making border director things happen now? She have a family anymore, so you gotta have something to do. Gotta have something to do. Um, they pulled her. I mean, they pulled Ilya, and instead set up a match between Trick Williams and the first ever Iron Survivor SmackDown's Grayson Waller, and that match was set up thanks to little little promo trick 
that Carmelo Hayes sprinkled on Trick Williams because you know once once you get a baby face rolling, they'll pretty much agree to anything. Yeah, that that. Yeah. So so Carmelo egged Trick Williams to put his title shot on the line. Trick Williams successfully defended it, but not without some very perfectly timed interference. Because like, of course, obviously we're like at this point in the storyline, he did it. Yeah, like we yeah, we yeah, like um yeah, if this was so two weeks ago we could still throw speculation around he did it yeah um uh, Carmelo Hayes attacked, attacked Trick Williams prior to that fatal four way um Carmelo Hayes comes out and interferes as Trick Williams is going for his big pump knee which gives Grayson Waller some time to go set up for his rolling inside out stunner thing <laughs> like b- better than the um Dingo driver oh, like cause, big ooh, head, big ooh, head. but like yeah um. Luckily, the NXT champion that was teased all throughout the night showed up. It happened to be Kevin Owens. I happened to hit him with my broken arm. Trick Williams capitalized. You can see every time Trick Williams wins a match that Carmelo is getting more and more, I don't want to say scared, but it's becoming more and more aware that Trick Williams can take his spot. Yeah, because you seen like near the end of the match, you know, Carmelo ran out and started talking to him on the, you know, like ran out, like did the heel distraction spot. Yep, pretty much got on the ropes and started talking. Like, bro, get down. Like, so, where do you see this feud blowing off it? Do you see this as a stand and deliver feud that could include the title? Does it need the title? Like, do we take the title from Ilya? To help spotlight this trick, Carmelo rivalry. Actually, yeah, yeah, I think it, this needs the title. This needs the title. It needs the title. The title would definitely elevate Trick, but this story has been so naturally told. I don't think it does. I mean, I can see that too. You know, being you know is very you can see it being very personal, but I like think, it's very personal. Yeah, but I think. The title adds a bit, you know, extra spice to it, because you know, it it's pretty much how can I say it represents the position, you know, as top guy that Carmelo Hayes once was, but isn't anymore. And then he's seeing his, you know, his homeboy, you know, rising up to the, you know, fill his spot, you know, being a top guy. So we, so when do you see the title change coming? When do you see Trick getting the title? Hopefully. Sometime before standing and delivering. I was say we have a we have a pay per view February third. We have Vengeance Day. Yeah, I was at, yeah, I can see it during Vengeance Day. You know, I can see you know Trick, you know, beating Ilya due to a sort of how can I say and a bad mellow distraction. A bad mellow distraction. He's he. I can see it like this. Mellow is trying <coughs> to distract Trick, but he accidentally calls Dragonov the match. And, you know, he mistakenly, you know, helps Trick win the match. And then after that, you see the heel turn. Either turn on them or they can have that um, beer money thing, you know, like, you know, have Trick. Turn on them during the title match? Yeah. So pretty much, okay, he wins at um, Vengeance Day. And then the next episode of NST, they had a match. And then, you know, that's when Carmelo turned on him. And then, you know, he become two-time NST champion. And then they have a blow-off match as then deliver with Trick wins. I can see it. What I, what I was thinking of, like, like I said, I don't think it needs the title because this feud has actually been so personal because 
when NXT went 2.0 and had this little rainbow color makeover. Yeah. Trick Williams has been here since day one, and Trick Williams has managed to organically get himself over. He's come a long way. He's come a long way. Just being like this annoying little guy, always gassing up Carmelo to pretty much main event. He, he the main like event. Main, event main eventing shows. Um, My first ever pay-per-view match, I won the North American Championship. Mm-hmm. Like, I went on to beat Four of the toughest NXT had to offer. It ended mm-hmm. up beating everyone in that match yeah. in the in the span of ninety seconds. Yeah, like that that was unbelievable. Yeah, I was surprised. Like yeah, if, like if you watched the NXT Deadline and you just saw how Trigueros came up, that was some of the best booking I've seen uh, in my life. Sure, that was like like the last five minutes. Like the last like, five minutes of the man's man. match. That was some of the finest booking. Bro, I swear, I'm like. Hey man, he, he just came such a long way. Like, and I think he really do need that belt though. Like he he definitely deserves to be champion. Like if NXT is the homegrown place that they say it is, yeah. then Trick Trick Williams is their next is their next greatest success story. Oh yeah, because he's definitely a homegrown talent who got over on his own. Like got over on his own. I, like if no one can really pick a particular moment when someone gets over, but I kind of can with Trick Williams. What was that? Um, it was during an NXT championship match. I want to say it was Baron Corbin. I, I, I know it was a match that um, Carmelo was having. I do heavily feel it was a title match. I just can't remember which title. And Carmelo put somebody, you know, just a simple, you know, little headlock. And you just see Trick Williams on on the outside. Like you gotta crank him up. Like oh my God. and I he kept doing it. And I'm just sitting here watching him instead of the match for like five minutes. And something in me clicked. I was like, why is he entertaining all of a sudden? Like it's like like I don't know if that's the exact moment where a lot of people felt, but that that's where I felt it. Like I started to feel his Charisma. He's just not somebody talking shit who can barely wrestle. Cause mm, yeah. up to that point, he probably had what like two matches against Wesley and lost both of them. Oh yeah, yeah. He was you jobbing. You jobbing like crazy. Like all his televised matches were jobs. Yep. And now he's out here just. And now Winning. a year or so later, Winning. like the talk of the company, Winning. the talk of the brand. Yeah. Like he is the top babyface. Like it's like one of the hottest theme songs. Like in what NXT, like what? the what crowd took trick? it over what? day one. Like the crowd took it over on day one. We heard that. We heard it for the first time, and the crowd instantly whooped that trick. Booker T instantly. <laughs> like all that stuff happened organically, and that's what you look for in your future stars. And yep. I'm proud of Trick Williams, and I'm proud for the NXT's new breakout male competitor, Oba Femi. Oh, um, Oba Femi. Yes, sir. Oba Femi, um, former athlete from the University of Alabama, dominated track and field, went inside with NXT, had a, um, had a debut match prior to the breakout tournament before he started doing his PC and level up grind. Actually didn't get to finish his. I, I remember seeing his debut match. I didn't get to finish it because problems with the commentary. <laughs> like, I, I left. Remember Booker T I, over FEMA. Like when, when Booker T called that man Obu Kneecap, I had to go uh, home. But um, yes, Oba Femi with a very dominating performance in the 2023 men's breakout, 2023 slash 2024 men's breakout tournament. 
is now the third man to win that tournament. Also, like, just fun fact, every man to win the breakout tournament has been black. Really? Hold on. Yes, sir. We, this is the sick. This is the oh, fifth. Oh, Carmelo. Yes, sir. And then we'll call him AC. We'll call him ACH we'll on this podcast. We will call him ACH on this podcast. Jordan Miles released over, fired over a T-shirt, baby. I'm weak. Nah, he get fired over a T-shirt. He got fired over that rant about the T-shirt. About that T-shirt, like I said, fired over, fired over a T-shirt. Man went straight to Twitter. But uh, yes, um, your men's breakout tournaments have all been won. By um by black men and your two women have been win by, have been won by Latinas. Oh yeah, it was um what's up, Lola Vice and who was before her? Roxanne. Oh yeah, it was Roxanne. Yeah, you right, you right. Like so again, um congratulations to Obu Femi from a great tournament showing, very powerful man, like very commanding, like like that suplex was damning. That power bomb looks like it has the strength of Nigeria in it. Oh yeah. So very excited to see what this young man brings to NXT. All right. Let's go on over and talk about some AEW. AE dubs. Yeah, like they they also came back with their first show of the new year. Um a lot of promising things. First of all, AEW is just like so good. For TV wrestling, yeah, like yeah. if you like if you want to watch a pay per view caliber match, you won't find anything less special than AEW because Dante Martin and Orange Cassidy tore the house down for that international championship. Yeah, Orange Cassidy so far solidified himself to be a very good champion. Orange Cassidy has solidified himself to be the greatest international champion. No, oh, yeah. Like, even though there's only been, like, what, three people to hold it? Three other people. Um, Mox, uh, Ray Phoenix, and the Bastard Pop. So, yes, out of, out of those four men, even though their lineage is extremely short, um, Orange Cassidy has gone on his sword and made that belt so big. Orange Cassidy has gone on his belt to make himself so big because if you take a look at Orange Cassidy when he started with AEW to where he is now, you'd never – Really think he was championship material. That like a lot of people hated him because of his gimmick. Like right, I was definitely ready to write him off as like the Santino esque comedy character. Yeah, but when but that just shows that if you actually take time and invest in someone's performance, you can see how natural things get over. Because even still, like even with his gimmick being what it is, he's still a pro wrestler. Yeah, and a damn good one. Oh yeah, a very good one. Like a like a damn good technical wrestler at that. That's what that's what people don't want to um don't really want to say that how good and technically gifted Orange Cassidy is because yeah. if two if two of my finishers are just pins yeah that means I can out wrestle you whenever I'm ready oh yeah and that's the mark of a great technical wrestler but um he defended his championship against Dante Martin who competed in his first singles match in a um in a long time because um prior to this past. December, he shattered his leg <laughs> in a ladder match at Supercard of Honor for the Ring of Honor Tag Team title. So he was out for the rest of 2023. No. Came back with a very impressive showing. And coming back after that match was an original tag team. The AEW had a lot of hot a lot of hype behind in the beginning, who I'm hoping they can come back and recapture some of that hype. Because with the return of Mark Quinn. 
Isaiah Cassidy has broken free of the Hardy compound. Nope. It is time for a private party. Shots. We need shots. We need the VIP rope. I really want this to be a banger year for AEW Tag Team Wrestling. Yeah. Like, the last couple of years have been very good, but for whatever reason, there's been of noticeable a noticeable stagnation on the tag division. You said a noticeable? A noticeable one. Because, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I catch collision when I can because I'm sometimes busy on Saturdays. Yeah. First, I can't remember who Big Bill and Ricky Starks beat for the belts. FTR. Wow. Yeah, they be FTR. Oh, wow. And you know what? I could agree with you when it comes to it being stagnant. But now that I feel like now that Big Bill and Ricky Starks won the belts, it's, it's kind of, you know, a bit more, you know, it's, it's going a bit more because back then, you know, you see a lot of tag teams. Well, you see the only tag teams. Um, Young Bucks, uh, who's the other people? The um, Pentagon. Oh, the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, the Lucha Brothers, FTR. And then, I mean, you know, you can toss in. No, I actually loved, um, you know, the Acclaim. I won't, I won't, I won't lump them in. Right, because current trio champion, shout out to the Acclaim system. Okay. Like, I think when they became tag team champions, it was a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, because my thing with AEW, like, I'm starting to, to notice a pattern that, that they'll put it on a real team, but then we got to make a Franken team just to, like, set up some kind of story that may or may not pay off. Because AEW's tag team division has always been stacked. Like I said, you have yeah. the Young Bucks. Yeah. You have... You have the Young Bucks, you have the Lucha Bros, you have mm-hmm. the Acclaimed, you have Private Party, you have Dark Order, you have FTR, you mm-hmm. have Butcher and Blade, you have the Hardy Boys, mm-hmm. you have the Guns. You have so many actual ready tag teams. But they kind of focus on the same teams. Yeah, they focus on the same teams, or we have to put together a Franken team yeah, to go after the titles like the Golden Jets. Like I'm pretty sure the Golden Jets were going to beat Starks and Big Bill. Yeah, but Kenny got... But but Kenny Omega has gotten injured. Um, best wishes to Kenny Omega in your recovery. Um, but even still, like going back to Kenny Omega, he's he's a former tag team champion in a Franken team because like yeah, the elite are a team. But Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, yeah. Mm. Um, Swerve and Keith Lee, Franken team. Um, Bill and um, Bill and Ricky, Franken team. Yeah. Like those aren't like. Those aren't really necessary if you really care about your tag division. Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, they're either they have two guys who really don't have nothing to do or, you know, there's a storyline that kind of leads into it. So give them one of these five belts that y'all have, like, but don't diminish your tag division just because one or two people are bored. Like, you have nine under, you have nine undercard championships. Including Ring of Honor. Yeah, you mean three of them on one person right now? Right, three of them on one on one person right now. You mean tell me if someone's bored, you can't find anything other for them to do other than tag team wrestling? Pretty much, I guess that's kind of like a WWE thing, you know? Because when they had like two guys, like let's say main eventers not doing nothing, they will lump them in a tag team, you know, like Edge and Jericho. Well, hopefully with the return of Private Party, we see that from Top Flight is in full force. I don't know the status of the best friends, 
Like I guess they'll figure it out. That. Like we, I ain't hook, um, hook housing is back because um, I guess the new best friends are Hook, Orange Cassidy, and Dan Housing. <laughs> um, and even still, you'll have um, chaos. Hopefully, this year there's a little bit more focus on the tag team division. Yeah. And again, hopefully this year there's a little more focus on the women's division because we all know how. Everyone always has the same complaints about the AEW Women's Division. I'm on the same boat. Like, please book them more. You have two. Yeah. You got two hours. One. Two hours, three shows. Yeah. Like well, two, four shows. Actually. Well, four shows because you have. Well, let, let's take out Ring of Honor Television. You have yeah. Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage. Yeah. That's seven hours of content. Yeah, they can at least always fit in two segments every night. Right. Like, please, like, but just one segment and one match. On those seven hours, that and that takes up a combined total of less than 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a bit wrong. And hopefully, with some of these people, they'll come in and put a little more focus on the women's division. Like we said, Mariah May had her debut match. Mariah May was a standout in the stardom promotion. Yep. And she's doing and she's doing pretty right by herself. Like, oh, to yeah. make sure she yeah. gets on TV, she's aligned herself with the women's champion, yeah. Timeless Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm. Um, she came in, she had her a great debut match against Queen Aminata. Obviously, in the first half of the match, it was all about her. Then Queen Aminata started getting some shots in before Mariah Ray finally put her down with the Mayday Feynman's carry, sit down driver. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not even a DVD, it's an A where I sit down. Yeah, pretty much. But, but unfortunately, she wasn't the talk of her own debut because immediately after, while she was giving her interview with Miss Pocket, mm-hmm. Renee Pocket. The virtuosa of professional wrestling, three-time knockouts champion, D- and former Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, yep. Diana Perrazzo. I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for her to go somewhere major for a while. Like yeah. you talking about a ball, I fully believe. No, no, I'm not gonna say that. I'm going to backtrack. I'm not gonna say WWE fumbled the ball that is Diana Perrazzo. Because without that, without this second impact run, mm-hmm. can I call it a second run? It's pretty much a second run. So, so we count we count little red shorts, Deanna, as the first run. God, I guess so. Like, so we count, like, we count I little. Guess so, like that, that's how long we've been watching Deanna. Um, Deanna Perazzo, like one of my one of my standout women's wrestlers. When I um got into TNA and started getting early to my wrestling career, started exploring wrestling. I remember TNA would run the Knockouts Knockdown event, and that's the first time I saw Miss Perazzo. And I said, "Oh, like at first I thought she was a little child. You know, she had a little nerve. Like she still got it, like the little nerve in her voice." Yeah. But um, I remember seeing her. She was putting on a great show, and the Knockouts Knockdown. She came back for like the next two, and I was like, "She can be a big name player if if um someone actually keeps up with her." I decided to be the one to keep up with Deanna. Yeah, I didn't really keep up with it until she debuted in WWE. Like I kept up with, I kept up on the indie bookings. I saw, like I saw her in TNA. So when she was first, so when she was announced for the first May Young, I think it was the second. Was it the first? Um, I know, I know Tessa was in the first one. I know Tessa Blanchard was in the first one. So Deanna had to be in. It might have been the second one. I'll I'll check which um I'll check which one it is, but um when I saw that she was going to be in the May Young Classic, and you know like a lot of your classic women got signed, I saw that she was going to be in the classic, and I was very I was very proud of her. Then I saw 
that while she was in NXT, they were starting a little developing tag team with her and Chelsea Green, who was also signed at the time before she also left and came back. Yep. Especially at the time when the women's tag titles were finally going to get introduced. I said, okay, so maybe if they keep up this tag team and book it well or let them put a little more heat behind it, it could go somewhere. Then, obviously, COVID happened. People got cut. Black um, Black Thursday. And then, she she was along. She was among some of the women to get cut. And then she get injured too. She was a little injured prone while she was in WWE. She did suffer a knee injury. I want to say. Yeah. She, Halfway she, into her stint. I think she got injured on both her debuts, like her debut and her return. Are you thinking of Diana or Chelsea? Chelsea. Oh yeah, Chelsea like Chelsea got injured on her SmackDown debut. That was tragic. I think she got injured when she returned too. Yes. Like Chelsea Green eating multiple injuries. But um so yeah, like when both of them were released, I managed like I was happy to see Deanna end up at Impact and Impact immediately put a rocket on that girl's back. Oh yeah. And she and she proved that she could fly with it. Yeah. So I'm vet, like like I said, former three time TNA Knockouts champion has gone has been in the ring with some of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. Did her tours with Impact, which meant she was able to go to Mexico and put on banger matches. Go to the NWA, sign like I said, um, had a stint as Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Took the World Championship off of Roxanne Perez prior to her WWE signing. Like so, Deanna Perazzo is not someone to slouch about. My only concern is that she ends up the way of Ruby Soho and Taya Valkyrie. Oh, you know, come in feuding with the champion, lose, and then immediately just goes back down. Yeah, that's a scary thing because I can see it. I can really see it because you know, uh like who who did Taya Valkyrie lose? Uh, um, Jade. Jade, like Jade. immediately came in and Jade. Just dropped Jade, but like three, four times. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she tried to come for the TBS championship, not, not the TBS, but the women's championship, and then she lost too. So hopefully there's a little more depth to the women's. Like hopefully with the inclusion of such major talent, yeah. there could be more focus on the women's division in 2024. We'll just yeah. have to wait and see. Especially, I think, the. Women's main event scene needs a little bit more work because the TBS championship scene is starting to get more newer faces. You know, you know Julia Hart won, and you know she's teaming up with Sky Blue, and then you start to factor in Willow Nightingale. Like Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander, um, Kara Hogan is about to get involved. She has a match, um, this upcoming Saturday on Collision against Sky Blue. Yeah, see, I think the little women's mid card scene is fine. It's just that main event scene. It just, I really feel like it's a bit again top heavy. Like if it, like before it was about Britt Baker, and if it wasn't Britt Baker, then you know it's Tony Storm. You know you had Soraya, but who's still there? Tony Storm. You know they don't really have more than one main woman. Is what you're getting at? Yeah, like you know when they like put the belt on Jamie Hader. Who was there? Britt Baker. And it's like, come on, Britt, get out the way. Like, either you're going to feud with Jamie Hayter or you're going to get off my TV. Like, <laughs> give that girl her roses. Like, 
And then, you know, I think, honestly, oh, I hate to say this, but Thunder Rosa probably had one of the better rings. I mean, she kind of, you know. Like, despite despite the backstage stuff, mm-hmm. Thunder, despite what was going on, Thunder Rosa was still pretty decent because at least Thunder Rosa tried to make herself on TV every week. Yeah. And, like, that's like that's something you can ask for because we need t- women on TV. Yeah, we need different mm-hmm. women on we TV. We need different women on TV. And that goes into what? Britt Baker was kind of saying online, like, we don't have, like, people like Chris Jericho or MJF and them are getting, like, 20, 15, 20 minutes of promo time. Yeah. Meanwhile, are we get these little backstage statements in 10-minute matches. Yeah. So, who is she vouching for? Is she vouching for herself or she's vouching for the whole division? Because right yes. now— <laughs> it, like, it, it could easily be for the whole division. But um, my last tweet was definitely counting MJL's promo time versus my promo time. Yeah. So, like, it, it's about me, but it's about us. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when, you know, the story's a bit more bigger and person's more over. Okay, if you make more money, of course you're going to get more time. You know, that's, you know, one thing. But then, you know, I look on other end, and, you know, given how catty the women's division is, like, you know, is she fine for, you know, the whole division? You know, you just want some time because... I, at the time, like, she's a great talent, all that, but I had enough of Britt Baker. You don't want to see somebody else. Give me somebody else. Like, just give us something. Yeah. All right, um, speaking of giving us something, at World's End, the final show of AEW's kind of year, they put it on December 30th, um, we were crowned with a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. First of all, all props go out to Samoa Joe. Thank you, Samoa uh, Joseph. Congratulations, Samoa Joseph. You are now a world champion everywhere you've been. I guess the NXT championship counts as a world title. I mean, it's a third brand, so I'm going to go ahead and count it. So so that means you will go on record. All right, wrestling fans, I got y'all. Go on record. Call Matt Hardy and John Morrison world champions. Yes. Because Mark Henry said, oh, it was great to be world champion when he won that ECW championship. But Mark Henry then went on to become world champion. Yeah, he actually went on to become like, world champion. Mark Henry champion. went on to get that gold belt. But, like, but you got your... Like I said, like, because for every big show, Mark Henry and Rob Van Dam, you got Matt Hardy and Sean Morrison and Ezekiel Jackson. I I mean, if it's a top belt of a promotion, it's a world championship. Like, the Ring of Honor belt is a ring on world World championship. championship. I don't care how small the brand is. You can be, like... Something like OVW. They have an OVW World World Championship. Championship. You want to know who the OVW World Champion is? Who? Jesse Goddard's. Talking about the bromance dude. Yes, I'm talking about the He is the current OVW World. He is the current Ohio Valley Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. He retired. He is an OVW. I thought he retired. (laughs) Like, Like, after the bromance thing, I thought he retired. No, he went on this in the book and signed with OVW. Um, I don't know how long he's been champion, but I remember I just checked out a couple clips because I started watching OVW a little bit because I found Layla Gray over there. Um, yes, um, Bromance Jesse Goddard is crazy. the current OVW World Heavyweight Champion. That is crazy. Like, uh, yeah, like, who would ever thought Jesse Goddard is an EC3 World Champions? That, I mean, EC3, like, when he can't, well, when he got released from WWE, uh, the jobber. But when he came to freaking TNA, oh yeah, he they they did him they did him very well over there. Yeah, like gotta make sure I go to hard time see ET three. But um, goes back to the Samoa Joe and um World Heavyweight Champion thing. We say all that because Samoa Joe became the world champion at 
after the help and at the behest of what are, of what we are now calling and what we now know as the undisputed kingdom. The devil and his masked men have been unmasked, and it turned out to be none other than Adam Cole, baby. baby. Not only that, not only was it Adam Cole, it was Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Wardlow. Wardlow. Like, Wardlow. Like, we'll, we'll get into the Undisputed Kingdom and their relationship later, because if you, if you know your um, Ring of Honor in WWE, you know what connection four of these five men have with, the, with each other. Yeah. Wardlow. Boy, they playing some realities with him. Baby, they playing games with Warlow. Like, what is the purpose of... Okay, so, um, just quick career synopsis on Warlow. Came in as MJF's heavy bodyguard. Like, wasn't wasn't employed by AEW, was employed by MJF. Yep, MJF paid his check. <laughs> go on. Like, go. That's, that's how I came in. Yeah, that's how I came in. Eventually, break off into a single star... Beats fuck beats MJF. Forget beats MJF. Squashes MJF on pay per view. Boy, like gets a little micro mini push. Did he win the TNT championship? Did he win the um the match that led to that um? What must the the brass ring ladder match thing where you got to get the hemorrhoid on it? Oh, that oh Did he he won that before he got that TNT title shot? Right. Uh, I think so. I think that's how he got it. Yeah, so he won the double or nothing ladder match with the um, with the hemorrhoid donut yep. with the Sonic Ring. Um, becomes TNT champion for like what a cup of water. He's a two time TNT champion. He's a two time TNT two-time. champion. Yeah, cause like I remember the first time he what, what got it stolen. Uh, like, or was that the second time? When when did we do this whole powerhouse Hobbs broke into my car and stole my shit? Bit. I think that was the first round. Ew, so so when did the second rain happen? Who did Powerhouse Hobbs lose the belt to? Let me, let me see. Ooh. Ooh. Man, I gotta lose. Was it Darby? Was it Darby? Cause then Luchasaurus beat Darby. Luchasaurus did beat Darby. So he got his stuff to take in the first rain. Okay, so so that means he's a one time champion. No, he's two time. They ain't two time. Like Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah, he'll two time. Yeah. He had he uh, like who, who did he beat for it initially? Scorpio Sky. Ew. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's the name. No, no, no. He a three time champion. What? Yeah. He Scorpio lost Sky. Okay. And then he lost it to Joe. To Samoa. Yep. And then got uh, it back from Joe. Yeah, he got it back from Joe after Joe got it back from Darby. And then Warlow got it back from Joe. And then Powers Hobbs got off Warlow. Then Warlow got off Hobbs. Then you know Luchasaurus, well now known now as known as Kill, Kill Switch. Switch. You know, got well Ashley. No, Christian Cage got a no. Don't on. don't do that. <laughs> don't do do not play into Christian's well, delusions. Currently the longest do not play. TNT champion. Baby, currently Christian, the longest Christian Cage just called, so called himself two and zero against Adam Copeland. Where Adam Copeland clearly beat you at World's End. No, but I mean, hey, hey, no, that's, that's this is one singular reign. That is tragic. He's the longest reigning TNT champion. That's disgusting. <laughs> no, I'm not giving y'all that. He is the longest reigning. All right, so Warlow, three-time TNT champion, yep. is now just with another faction that's 
that basically was just put together the feud with MJF. And now, and then Adam Cole said when, after Warlow moves his way back up the card to win the world title, he's just going to hand Adam Cole the world title. Have you seen Warlow's face? Baby, like, that would have been my face the moment I would have took that mask off because why am I in this group? I guess he just wanted to, you know, get back at MJF. That's all he wanted. That's all, that's all it could have been because when you look at the Undisputed Kingdom and break them down, Roger Stone and Adam Cole, one of the, one of the, two of the late pillars of the Ring of Honor mid card, which led to the Undisputed Era in NXT. No. Because, like, without Roger Strong, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roger Strong, the um, ROH mid card would have, like, shrank a long time ago. But those four kept it up. So that's, that's our relationship with those two. They're actually really good friends. The kingdom, the entirety of the kingdom, that's Adam Cole, Mike Bennett, Maria, Matt Taven, Vinny, aka Vincent. Like so, we have we have history with them. We're we're former tag team champions with each other. We know how to get this job done. You know, so Vincent with uh, what's them people? The the Colt, Dutch and um yeah. Stu, the Righteous. Yeah, the Righteous. Yeah, he with them. Like so, I don't know. Like this, like this fashion can easily work, but like you can tell, we need someone like. Kyle O'Reilly back. Yeah. Like, if Kyle O'Reilly's neck was okay, we could easily tell that he might be in this position. Yeah, well, you already know who I want to feud with. Who? Adam Copeland and Hangman Page. Oh, you, oh, that's right. You still want Page, 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 Cage, Cage, Page, Page, Cage, 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 Page. I mean, that, that too, but, you know, just Friday Strong. Adam! Gross. Adam! Adam Cole, Adam Pace, Adam Copeland with Roger Strong as special top enforcer. <laughs> a special ring announcer. Adam <laughs> Copeland. Adam Page. Page. <laughs> oh, God. But, yes, the faction is coming along. We still got to wait a couple more months for Adam Cole's ankle to heal because he did good like he um, stated in his promo. I did good my leg, trying to protect Max. That. Um, MJF has been running off TV for a little while, um, so we have time to see where that story goes. Um, I can't think of anything else that really happened on Dynamite. Let's see, a private party, Deanna, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. like, like great, like just great TV matches. Yeah, right, pretty solid stuff from Dynamite. Can't wait to see what Collision has for us. And now we are on. To everyone's favorite little engine that could. We are chugging along. Impact Wrestling in 2024 is going back to total nonstop action. Like the place that started all the thing that created the revolution in professional wrestling to make somebody think that there is somebody who probably could go against WWE. Like we got we got new got new belts on the way. Obviously, we have Hard to Kill and Snake Eyes coming up the weekend, January 13th and 14th, where we'll see matches. Between Will Ospreay, we'll see Kazuchika Okada um, announced for the tag team title match at Hard to Kill. The Grizzled Young Veterans, yep. formerly the Schism in NXT. Yep. Zach Gibson and James Drake, they're going to be fighting for the titles. Zach Gibson finally got his beard back, thank God. Oh, yeah, like, took, took this time to grow my facial hair back, bro. And they let him talk now. Like, soon to be recognized as the greatest tag team on planet Earth. Yeah. So, I, I really can't wait. For to see what TNA has for us. Obviously, we got some free agencies coming up because, like, there's rumors that Trinity, current TNA Knockouts champion, former Naomi in WWE, may be looking to explore her options after her contract expires. Um, but we do have some people who decided they're going to stay 
with TNA because ever since we've announced TNA, we've been re-signing people left and right. We just home. Like, just some confirmations on people that we've re-signed. Brian Myers, Danny Luna, the ABC, Eddie Edwards, Alicia Edwards, Frankie Kazarian, um, Josh Alexander just re-signed. So, what are you looking forward to most in TNA's growth in 2024 now that we're back under the TNA banner? Well, you know, the return of the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, it's going to be so pretty. That It's going to be so pretty. It would be nice if they brought back the old belt. They don't need to bring back the old belt, but like I would definitely love um I would definitely love something more than these little silver fat plate belts that they have. Yeah, I don't like those. Like why is every championship silver? That's a good question. T- TNA and um Ring of Honor, I'm ask y'all this personally. Why are all of y'all championships silver? Where's the gold? All right, so I can I can probably, you know, make a little explanation for it. All right, so in in Impact's case, we'll get back to that. But for Ring of Honor's case, <laughs> I think it's mainly because I would compare Ring of Honor to NST. It's their developmental brand. You know, so, you know. Now that AEW bought it, yes, yeah, exactly. So, you know, okay, you know, small time, you know, developmental, we're going to give you guys silver belts. But for the big people, if you want the gold belt, you know, make it up to the main roster. Make it to AEW TV. Yep, Dynamite and or Collision. I cannot wait to see what the new belts look like. Um, right now, like I said, in TNA, um, we just mostly just biding our time till we get to the main pay-per-view. And our main pay-per-view this year is going to be Hard to Kill, January 13th. Hard to Kill 2024. We have, ooh, this is not this is not a bad card. Like, I'm actually glad we're actually glad we're gonna stand this. Like, there's some there's a match that I want to talk about and some people who's involved in it. Because, like, um, number six on this card is kind of blowing me. Um, so, um, we'll have Rich Swan versus Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin, I honestly believe, needs to get another shot at the world title. Yep. But hopefully he needs to But he needs to have this match with it's, Josh Alexander. Because like, they, they robbed pre-show? us of that match. Yes, these are, these are pre-show matches. Like, I'll, I'll get to the main card in a second. Because, uh, like, you, you got to have something to open up because there's, there's a title match on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crazy Steve, once again, is going to... Challenge Tommy Dreamer for the Digital Media Championship. Let's go ahead and, like, first of all, Tommy Dreamer in 2024, my brother, is still a champion. Yeah. That's insane to That's me. Crazy. Like, that, like that, that was Like, that was more insane to me than my brother in Christ Tyrus. But, like, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, Eddie and Edwards with Brian Myers will take on TNA Originals, EY and Kaz. Uh, on the main card, Alex Shelley. We'll challenge Moose for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. This is Moose cashing in his Feast or Fired match. And on that same token, Jordan Grace call, is calling her shot for the Knockouts title against Trinity. Um, there's going to be a three-way X Division match. If you are a TNA fan, you know that the X Division is why we are here. Um, Chris Saban, the 10-time champion? Ten, Chris Abel, the ten-time X Division champion. Okay, it was nine. It was nine times early this year, but then um, I beat Leo Rush, so I made it ten times. Uh, with ten times, X Division champion is going to defend against Kushida and El Hijo de Vikingo of Triple A. Um, what is what is uh, Vikingo the Triple A Mega Champion? Yeah, the Mega Champion, the, the, like, the World Champion, pretty much. Like that match is going to have outstanding spot after spot in it. 
Um, Dirty Dango versus PCO. Um, they're going to have them a nice little singles match. Debuting for Impact Wrestling at Hard to Kill, Alex Hammerstone. Really? Yes, he is going to take on the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Um, anybody who's not familiar with Alex Hammerstone, he is a former MLW talent, the former, well, at the time of recording, the longest reigning World Heavyweight Champion MLW has had since um, its reinception. He dropped the belt late last year to Alex Kane, mm-hmm. but um, has been exploring his time around as a free agent after leaving MLW. He's been with MLW for about five years. He was part of the Dynasty faction with Richard Holiday and one MJF. So, like, first of all, I'm just going to throw that in there because, like, like I said, MJF not on TV. Alex mm-hmm. Hammerstone, free agent. Just let that marinate on y'all brains. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you haven't seen him wrestle, that is what that that would be your current combination of superstar Billy Graham, Hulk Hogan, and Bret Hart. Yeah. If like if you put all three of them to one person, you get Alexander Hammerstone. Um, like I said, the tag title. Fatal Four Way that's gonna put the Bullet Club, ABC against the Rascals, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Trent Seven, and the debuting grizzled young veterans. Tag team matches in Impact Wrestling have always been like God tier. Like they, they're one of the people who I can actually say take their women in tag divisions seriously. Yep. If you like, just off of that, just out of that match, if you had to pick a team to come out as TNA Tag Team Champions, ABC, The Rascals, Speedball Mountain, and GYV. Who would you go for to lead TNA into 2024? GYV. Grizzly Young Vengeance just off the rip. Off Sign, the rip. Yeah. Like, give, give them bills, the bills yeah. they deserve. Hot shot them. Hot, Hot shot them. They, uh, the, the schism just spit in the face. It, it did, like, take two talented young men. Yeah, two talented, two talented people and just do what, just make them cult lackeys. And, you know, I look at Zach Gibson. I've seen a lot of his stuff on the indies. And that man, I can see him being, like, a top heel champion. Because, you know, not only is he good in the ring, he can talk. Great on the mic. One of the, one of the best trash talkers from the U.K. I've seen yeah. in a while. And then, like, if you watch one of his U.K. promos, that man has heat. He can get heat. Like, I think, you know, he's real good when it comes to that. But, I can, you know, I think GYV is going to take it off the rip because, you know, big name. And I think you kind of want to, in a new era, you want to have a big name, you know, lead your division. And they can do a lot worse with than GYV. Like, they, that's the one I can see on could carry the tag division. If if not if not just till Slammiversary. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still see people getting mad competitive about their matches. But um, a match that stood out to me at Hard to Kill, um, it was a match that we introduced last year or two years ago at Hard to Kill. I want to say it was last year. We are bringing back the Knockouts Ultimate X match. That's crazy. Yes, and this year's competitors are Giselle Shaw. I'm just going to go on record to say if Giselle Shaw does not win a championship in 2024, she needs to leave. That. Like I'm, I'm here for Giselle Shaw. I have been from the beginning. And I really hope the best for that woman's career, especially with what she's been going through backstage and like still trying to be accepted by the wrestling community. I hope that 
if Nala Rose can win the championship, Giselle Shaw can too. Exactly. Also in this match, Alicia Edwards, again, one, one of the um, knockouts that's going to be hanging around. One um, that resigned, other people that resigned that's going to be in this match. Jody Threat. I forgot Jody Threat was here. I forgot she. I, I forgot Jody Threat was signed. I, I looked at her. It's like shows. I really don't watch this product, you know, like I should. But yeah, like I don't know who this is. Um, like I said, Danny Luna. She signed with Impact with TNA exclusively, and for that, she would be an Ultimate X. She was the final. She was the final woman to qualify for Ultimate X at that. Really. Mm-hmm. And joining them is the winner of the first Ultimate X, the greatest that beat the greatest. Someone else who I feel needs a second run. In 2024, or should be looked at by these other companies with real serious intent. Tasha Steels, like that is that is a breakout women's wrestler that I first saw at the NWA, and then she debuted for the Knockouts Division during the pandemic. That is a breakout star waiting to happen. Yeah. And final competitor making their impact debut. Something that completely threw me off. Yeah. Zaya Brookside. Yeah, she like after the disappearance. So, you know, NST UK, she just disappeared. Like, just disappeared. I thought for sure WWE would have tried to hold on to her, especially considering the relationship that they have with her father, um, great British legend wrestling, uh, great British wrestling legend, Robbie Brookside. Yeah, I think he's still a coach over there. I do believe he's still a coach at NXT, but um, yes, his daughter. Um, didn't do much over in NXT UK. She mm-hmm. um went on a little heel turn towards the end of NXT UK's lifespan yeah. with um Eliza Alexander, but um was once again part of some of those cuts that were made over the previous years. So I'm glad to see that she not only kept training, but someone decided to call her up and get her on position. Like she's mm-hmm. gonna she's gonna be on pay per view yeah. on the 13th. Mm-hmm. Like it's good for her. She she needs some TV. I, I really like her. I enjoyed her. My hope is that we see her on Impact TV at least this week before the um, match. But anyway, like, we'll just have to watch Impact um, to peep all the latest developments on that. Let's see if I have any. Let's let me see if I can determine if she signed or not. It doesn't say. You know what? I need to you know get back and watch more. You know TNA. I need to see what channel comes on. Um, for us in the U.S., it comes on Access TV. Um. I'll, sh- I'll show you a way that you can watch it um, later because like, we can't pull all our secrets out on the air. But, yes, um, I'm very excited for this new era of TNA. Um, can't wait for Hard to Kill to kick off what's going to be, in my opinion, a stellar year for total nonstop action. Like, crossing the line is back. Yeah. Like, um, if you're a fan of TNA, make sure you um, keep up with the 30 Days of Impact, which will take us all the way to Hard to Kill. They just dropped day number... It's either day number 10 or day number 9 that they just dropped today. Um, if you want to go back and watch this, the formation of the main event mafia. Oh, yeah. Like, all my all my M- MEM people know what's up. And now, last but certainly not least, the New Year's Revolution edition of Friday Night Smackdown. Smackdown. Like we said when we discussed um, Raw, Rock made his little head of the table tease. Yeah. Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns just no-sold it. Like... <laughs> That just that. no show the life out of Dewey. That because once again, like if we're going like, all right, now to be on the other side of the argument, this is a match that we've been rumored for about the last five years. Yeah, like well, before they've been trying to get it. Like before, like before COVID happened, that match was going to take place at WrestleMania 38, 
which was going to be in Hollywood, but then COVID happened, so that turned into WrestleMania 39 being in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So the timing got messed up. People got signed. Other things started happening. Life intervened. Again, I know we've said, um, discussed some things that could happen at Mania, but there's also another thing that I heard. As we know, the Elimination Chamber 2024 is going to be in Perth, Australia. Nope. Perth, according to reports, Perth wants the um, wants rock. They want the rock. Yes, because you know um, when we do these overseas pay per views, yeah, it's the tours board and the government paying mm-hmm. for these shows. So you know you so so you know if they're the ones paying for it, you get a little bit of pull. Yeah, just like you know like how the Saudi shows we want like. Wrestlers, even though they dead, oh, like, I'm, like I'm like I want Yokozuna. Yokozuna, Yokozuna been dead for yeah. seven, eight years prior to that. Seven, eight, man, Yokozuna been dead for like fifteen at the time. I forgot when Yoko died. Oh no, wait, he died two thousand. Okay, it's so, like yeah, like um, one people who, like the people who pay for the show like would ask for like who they wanted, yeah. and Perth, Australia wants the rock. Yeah. So when I asked you, do you think this should happen at Mania? I was asking because there's a rumor that they will do this match in Perth. See, I ain't see that. I ain't like, I ain't like, the, not like, yes, the rumor is um, in order to keep the story intact, mm-hmm. we do Rock versus Roman at Perth, and then we have Roman win there, and that way he can finally drop the belt to Cody. Because, like, if I beat the Rock, I'm the head of the table. Yeah. And because that's what I was pretty, because that's what I'm pretty sure this whole title reign was leading up to anyway. Yeah. So if I beat The Rock in Perth, I'm the head of the table. He can, he can lose it. And I can, I can, can lose it on SmackDown yeah. if I felt he like can it. Lose it. Like, could just like walk out, like the SmackDown after the Elimination mm-hmm. Chamber could say, I beat The Rock, I'm the head of the table, I'm going home and just put that belt in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And then Corey, your look, mm-hmm. and then Cody's little story could just happen between him and Kevin Owens for all I fucking care. Now imagine he just gave it a solo. Just gave the belt to Solo? Oh, to Solo. if I'm Jimmy, I'm kicking him in the face immediately. If I'm yeah. Jimmy Uso, I'm kicking Roman and Solo immediately in the yeah, face. Yeah, Solo, ah, just throw him in the neck and whatnot, hit him with the Samoan spike. Real quick. Uh-huh. John Cena, man, he did John Cena dirty, though. But <laughs> Baby, John, John Cena knows how to go out on his sword. Oh, like, oh yeah, like, put, put three of them things to his, put four, was it four or five? It, it was a lot. Like we, it was a lot. Like John Cena neck did not survive that Saudi mm-hmm. trip. I say he put him over like a million bucks. But um, well, I, I, if, if Jimmy shouldn't get mad at anything because Jimmy, you're not in the bloodline. Like, sorry. No, uh, no, with with all due respect, you you kicked me first. That. Like Jimmy, you're not in the bloodline. But um, anyway, um, pretty. It wasn't too much of an eventful SmackDown this Friday. Yeah. You know, um, like it was. It was good. It, it was. It was a good TV episode. Um, yeah. Tyler Bate made his main roster debut. Yeah. Came in, teamed with British Strong Style partner Pete Dunne, who we're still referring to as Butch in 2024. Oh my God, can they please give this man back his name? Like, please. They're gonna they're gonna give him his name back as soon as he turns on Tyler Bate. Because if you think, <laughs> I mean, because if that. you think, I'm fine. We're not that. running that match back. I'm I'm, I'm 
fine with that. Just please give just stop man. with but just stop please with Butch. Stop. The, the brawling brutes are dumb. I thought like, because we could do it. Like it's like y'all improved. We could just stop calling these people this. Yeah, we've done it with Shorty G. We've yeah. done it with Dewdrop. Yeah, just stop. Yeah, like unless P Dunn just like, like, all we got like Butch. All, all we gotta do is take P Dunn out for a week, then let him come out count to the Rumble as Butch, like yeah. we did with Piper and Oscar. Yeah, like Piper came right back. Piper Niven. like came right back. Well, as soon as Triple H got on that creative board, Vince got out there. Uh, do drop out of here, like Piper Niven. That's who you are. But yes, Tyler Don, Tyler Bay came in, made his debut, had a very impressive tag match against Pretty Deadly. Um, got the win with the double. Tyler Driver. Yep. Um, the return of AOP. The crowd was dead. The crowd was so freaking dead. Unfortunately, it's because of Karrion Cross. Yeah, unfortunately, and you know I don't blame Karrion Cross. Like I don't, I don't blame Karrion Cross. I blame how they've booked him. Yeah, he's been like, because like, he's he's been a jobber since his Raw debut. I think, you know, honestly. And he debuted as an NXT champion. That's the butterfly effect right there. I think had he beat Jeff Hardy, he would have been okay. Well, he, the without only, the gladiator gimmick. Like I tell I tell everybody, he, <laughs> the only reason Karrion Cross didn't beat Jeff Hardy is because Jeff Hardy came back to no more words. That, like, that, if, the, if just the regular Hardy Boy music okay. had hit... Then Karrion Cross wouldn't have broke character on camera uh-huh. because, like, because like Karrion Cross, um, if like people who know about your favorite wrestlers and Cross is one of mine, and Jeff Hardy is one of mine, Karrion Cross is a huge fan of Jeff Hardy. Just like the rest of us, Cross was probably waiting on no more wars too. Karrion Cross get the word that he's gonna come and fight Jeff Hardy, so like, cool, I'm on Raw, I'm NXT champion, I'm about to fight Jeff Hardy. If just loaded by Tim, if loaded by Zach Tempest would have played, who knows what would have happened? Well. The moments Jeff Hardy came out to no more words, and that crowd, and the crowd went electric. They probably called that audible because you see, I won. You see, he won with a roll up uh-huh. and a tight grab. Yeah. that was an audible if yeah. I ever yeah, seen it. I hope, I hope that was an audible. Don't tell me what the original plan is. I want, I want the fact that no more words played dictated the way of the match. Yes, but no. um, but yeah, um, now Karen Cross. With a brunette scarlet now. Oh my god. Is she brunette now? Ooh, Marquise. Oh. Oh. Ooh, Marquise. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Like not not available for draft right now. Not so not, <laughs> not available for draft right now. Ooh god. All, all it takes is just a little revamp of something, but yeah, not not available for draft right now. Okay. Like need that. It's I'm gonna show it to you after this. Okay. But um you we have let them in on the draft. I was say like like um Sometimes we are. Uh, uh, sometimes me, Marquise, and a couple of other people participate in a fantasy draft, just like you do your fantasy football, fantasy basketballs. And on my team, like we do have our women's division, and on my women's division, mine's is stacked, and mine does include Miss Scarlett Bordeaux. I'm just saying, mine also includes Harley Cameron and Shotzi. I got all three of them. Yeah. But um, I mean, mine's honestly kind of started out like very developmental, but over time, you know, my investments went up, and you know, got main event talent now. Oh yeah, like it's all about it's all about making investments in your drafts. But um and one but yeah, so now we have Scarlett and Paul Ellering. That's the biggest thing that oh, I'm yeah. happy about. I'm surprised he came. Like back. that's what really did it for me cuz when they broke Paul Ellering up from AOP in the beginning. Yeah. Like I was quite confused and then they Vince started he was old. That's that Vince McMahon logic. Because ain't like so he's old. Yeah. You still have Undertaker doing matches. Yeah. But <laughs> 
But um, with AOP without AOP without Paul Eric did flounder a little bit. Like they started to get their groove back when they were part of Seth Rollins' disciple faction. Yeah. Until they weren't the tag team in that disciple faction. Yeah, yeah, that that's like because there is no way that Seth Rollins and Murphy should have held those tag belts while AOP is just back there. Oh, oh no, like honestly, you should have put you know the world champion. Wait, who champion? What was that? Twenty twenty. Um, yeah, in twenty nineteen going into twenty twenty. Yeah. So who champion then? Um, let me think. Because we we still had we still had two belts at the time. Um, like we had WWE and Universal. I want to say the WWE. WWE was Lesnar. Um, WWE was Lesnar. Oh yeah, he lost. And um and Universal was and Universal at the time was Bray. Yeah, it's just like like had had to throw that out there because we all know what happens next. Yeah, another butterfly effect. I think. Like, had oh, baby, like had Goldberg, Goldberg caused COVID 19 and I'm going to die on that honestly, hill. Had that match not happened, I think Bray still be alive. Like, not only would Bray, like I said, not only would Bray Wyatt still be alive, I don't think COVID would have happened. Because that, that was the last, like, we got a Monday Night Raw yeah. after that. Yeah. No, we got we got one week of TV and then COVID. Yeah, and COVID. Just because I forgot we set up the John Cena match in front of people. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we got one week of TV, then COVID after um, Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And, and then who? Oh yeah, Goldberg was supposed to drop to Roman Reigns at Mania. Yep, but Roman Reigns got sick because well, Roman Reigns didn't get sick. He left to protect his immune system because he's already sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we did that audioly so people mm-hmm. can see what he, I did. He, like we'll we'll, at, we'll, go, we'll go into that at a later date. He's a part of the at risk group. Yes. So obviously he gets pulled from Mania. Like yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot. It was mm-hmm. a lot going on, but um. So yeah, now we have a new faction to take over the SmackDown side of the faction wars because now that the bloodline is slowly diminishing and they don't look like Judgment Day want to come over here with them tag belts. <laughs> no, no, like, they are all. Like, yeah, it's good that we're finally getting a new faction because one of those factions isn't going to survive the year. And I'm hopeful that Karrion Cross's faction does because if you do look at the concept of Cross, <coughs> excuse me, uh-huh. of Cross's character since his return, he hasn't necessarily been focused on winning anything. Uh-uh. He's just been slowly decimating the characters of your favorite performer. Yeah. Because, like, think, look at what he's done since he's been back. Nothing. He's him. like nothing of nothing of vital note. Nothing. Wait, he beat. But but look at but look at his feuds. He said he he said he was going to take away Drew's. He was going to take. He was going to alter Drew's temperament. Yeah. He said he was going to take away Shinsuke Nakamura's honor. Yeah. He said he was going to take away AJ Styles' heart. Yeah. He said that he said that the bloodline is going to crumble. Yeah. He did nothing. Karen Cross has done nothing but actually told the truth since he's been back. That. So hopefully this faction will give Cross. Oh wait! Oh, when you think about it, yeah, a lot of stuff did happen. Oh yeah, like any, anybody that anybody that Cross has touched. Yeah. Their career has been altered in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like I said, because like the most recent victim was AJ. Yeah. Like um feuded with him, took his little peace of mind, then he got dropped by the bloodline. 
Now he's wrestling in slacks. Man, he's wrestling. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird not seeing <laughs> Black the AJP one logo on his freaking pants. Nah, got my got my WWE Lone Wolf version going. <laughs> like, just give me um evil eye. Just give me evil ways on the Titan Tron, and I'll be good. And, and that's a TNA like song, though. Yeah, that's a TNA song. Yeah, they, 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 like, TNA hey, be doing hey, their job hey, with their music, keeping their shit yeah. under wraps. Hey, but you know what? Now that TNA is you know doing another streaming thing with Endeavor. Hey, TNA Plus is being backed by Endeavor. Yep. Hey, because look, look at how many TNA people like we're watching all their TNA stuff, and then we got to go. That's currently WWE's. Yeah. Like, baby, like y'all, y'all are gonna watch if you get TNA Plus. Like, just quick plug for TNA Plus. Like, forget Peacock because that's NBC. Uh-huh. Um, in the event you get TNA Plus, I implore you to actually look at people like AJ Styles, Frankie Kazarian, the beautiful people, Bobby Roode. Hell, if you if you've never seen some of your favorite WWE performers work in TNA, like if you've never seen Kurt Angle or Jeff Hardy or Team 3D's run, please get TNA Plus and check those out. You are not going to have a bad time if you want to if you want to know where Perk Angle came from. Mm-hmm. Watch you some TNA. Well, I kind of think you will have a bad time once you hit 2011. Or 2011. We, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna talk about the 2010s. But like I said, I'm thankful for this revamp of TNA. This is gonna be cool. Keeping up with TNA allows me to bleed back into the knockouts. And being able to bleed back into the knockouts, be able to go back to WWE because I can tell y'all about this crazy match that these fans do not appreciate between former TNA Knockouts champion <laughs> Me Chin Mia Him and EO Sky because that WWE Women's Championship match was really good. I wish me aside from this um Bullet Clubs the OC story, I honestly feel and it's not a dig at nobody and I love and I love you. I feel like Mia Yim should have been in Shotzi's place. Oh, yeah. For the majority of last yeah. year. This damage yeah. call, the damage control yes. feud, yes. the I war agree. games match. I would agree. But wasn't mm-hmm. she she wasn't injured, was she? No, she just was um on SmackDown tied up in the OC storyline. Oh, cause yeah, like And like, n- and not even tied up in that because they weren't doing nothing. Yeah. But you know, you know, I guess, you know, they put Shotzi in there because Shotzi was kind of sort of feuding with Bailey during yeah. the time. Yeah, Shotzi, um, Shotzi's feud digging to you with Bailey, um, even though EO was champ. Yeah. yeah. And and even then, I still feel that that feud kind of drug. Talking about the Shotzi Bailey? The Shotzi Bailey feud definitely drug out for like, we drugged that feud out for an entire year. Was it a year? Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that feud started in like January. No, that feud, that feud started at the draft. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. It just feels like a year. Like, But yeah, that I feud it, started. I thought it was like for like a month. Mm, that feud started the moment Damage Control was drafted to SmackDown. Oh, ooh. Like yes, it's that long. I she cut her hair, and then I thought, and that took about three months to capitalize on itself because fucking hair to grew back. Yeah, the hair back now. Like the hair back now, you. like, like I don't know, but you know, I think you know when I look back at it, yeah, Michian probably should have stayed there. Should have been in that like Miriam should have been in these profile situations because Miriam is a damn good wrestler, yeah, and like. And, and people, a lot of companies have been playing with her career like she's not. Yeah, like that's like, that's she, a she value. Good talent. Like that is a good talent. She can pull out crazy matches. She, like, me and him and Candice LeRae are talents that they are heavily sleeping on. Yeah, because these are because these are women who a can and have some toured up with some of the men on y'all division, mm-hmm. and to put out banger matches like. Like I said, me and him, a former knockouts champion, like knows what it takes to perform at the highest level. Yeah. 
but you but, know, but you know what? I think being a good worker is a curse in WWE. Absolutely, because they know that um, as long as we pay you and put you on TV, you'll do the job. Yeah, you'll do the job, and if you do it well, then why do we need to bring you up when you can work with other people like on the lower end of the car, like let's say Dolph Ziggler, Christian, all that stuff. You know. They're so good at what they do that, you know, they don't want to give them a push. They're just going to But if they're so good at what they do, then that's why you should push them. Because the moment you don't, we're going to see what someone else does. Like, yeah. like look at yeah. Christian. Like you said, in your words, in your words, longest reigning TNT yeah. champion. The longest reigning current TNT champion ever. That's cute. One he still lost. Reign. Like, that's cute. He lost. One but singular reign. He went, he came, he arrived at the show of the champion. He left the show of the champion. Like, that's all I'm going to give you. He arrived at the show of the champion and left the show of the champion. Once again, I, Adam Copeland, can beat you whenever I'm ready. But, uh. That's one whole reign. Longest reign. But yeah, like you should want to push somebody like that. But yes, the match that EO and Mi Chen had was very good, was very back and forth. Um, even though the crowd didn't buy into it all the time, like there were spots where you kind of thought that me and Young may have won, especially off that that second rope styles clash. Yeah. Like, ooh, if she if she would have gone, if she would have if people would properly pin somebody after that styles clash, that styles clash goes ground and roll. Yeah. So I got you like that. But nope. Had to, had to let EO get to that rope. That. Like, but obviously EO double back one missed. Like me and you missed the suicide dive. I always hate when people miss their suicide dives. Oh yeah, it looks painful. Like it looks so painful. And boy, and you know me and you got one on her. Yeah. Elsa Rogers got out the way. Like Samoa, <laughs> like Samoa Joe style oh, out the way. So you just like you just see the last thirty seconds of the matches. Me and you face planting the floor. <laughs> like then knees to the barricade. Get inside. Knees to the corner. Over the moonsault. One, two, three. My forever champion. Retains her title, and you know it's. I'm actually surprised EO is still champion. I'm not going to say same because she deserves it. Oh yeah, she definitely deserves she it. She definitely deserves. It. But I too had fears when she got the briefcase. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like I, like you know how someone you know how they say that someone has to be the first to do something. Yeah, I was afraid. That EO was actually like I was very afraid that EO was gonna be the first woman to fail. I mean, she's the first woman to let her walk. She's the first woman to let her walk besides Carmella, because oh, yeah, Car- Carmella told her to fall almost yeah. But um, yes, I'm so glad EO Shirai didn't fall victim to the two day money in the bank <laughs> contract carrying. Yeah. Like I'm so glad we let things breathe because that's what because that's what I keep um reiterating to some of my friends that when done right, the money in the bank briefcase. Could be a great catalyst. It could be a great story. Like it, just because I have the briefcase doesn't necessarily mean I'm ready to just go ahead and win the world title. Yeah. So like yeah, like the briefcase being cashed in immediately is a hindrance sometimes. Like now, like because now that I, now that I'm number one contender, I just don't need to immediately win the title. Yeah. Like, cause I could also still lose at any given point as number one contender. Yeah. That's why I should actually build my brand. With the briefcase, yeah. and we've been building damage control for a solid year. So when, so when we reached the year mark of damage control being here, EO cashing in at the same pay per view that she debuted in, it was good for me. Yeah, despite who she beat, it was good for me. Yeah. Oh man, money in the bank! Like, thank God for money in the bank. All right, so, all right, so that's been our week in wrestling. We've covered some rumors. We covered some free agencies. 
Last thing we're going to talk about before we get out there, like I told you, like just this is just going to be our opinion of the episode until we see what comes up. Like I said, news broke that talks fell apart. Everyone reported it at the exact same time. I'm the only one who didn't fall for it. I let a week go by. I'm not saying Mercedes Monet has re-signed with WWE, but like I said in the group, all I'm saying is I tried to go listen to her theme music on Apple Music and it ain't that no more. You know, I need to see if it's still on Spotify. Like, see if it's still on Spotify. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, at time of recording, in question of the day, we want your opinion, as well as Mr. Marsh, before we head out of here. Has Sasha Banks already re-signed with WWE? I hope not. Number 27 in the Rumble. Number 27. Like, definitely putting it at the late 20s, but not giving her number 30. Like, but yeah, Sasha Banks, number 27 in the Rumble. I hope not. I want 27. Because that's what, not even that's, not even that's where the winner spot is. Um, That's like those late stages is where I like to see my returning debuts the most. Because like I said, my first, my first Royal Rumble was the 2010 Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. Edge made his return at number 29 and came in and won the whole thing. Yeah, only, reason, only reason I'm going 27 is because that still puts Sasha Banks at a late enough time to pop. Yeah. But it doesn't make her the last person. Yeah. Like, you still got three more people to come behind. Number 30, Bailey. Number 30 should definitely be Bailey. They're going to make Bailey start. Damage Control is going to make Bailey start. Damage Control is going to make Bailey start. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, this. Has been our first episode of Nerds Watching Wrestling. Why you had a good time? I did, I did. I got some stuff out there. Got some opinions on stuff. Told the people about what's going on. Um, anything you want to say to the good folks before we sign off? Um, ooh, that's a good one. Be safe out there. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. All right, just a perfect PSA from Mr. Marquise. On his behalf, I am SWS ZJ Pierce. We are nerds watching wrestling for life.